Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. I have recorded more than 150 episodes of A Certain Age, and here's the amazing thing. I learn something on every show. Every show. But one thing that has truly stuck with me that I do every day, multiple times, without fail, I stand on one leg to brush my teeth. And I do that to improve my balance and strengthen the muscles that support balance. And I learned this effective, easy button exercise from my guest today, Dr. Vonda Wright. Beauties, I am so delighted to welcome Vonda back to the show. We are getting the download on active aging, mobility, and longevity from a total pro. She is a double-boarded orthopedic surgeon, an elite sports doc, author, speaker, and innovator who specializes in optimizing personal and professional performance at every age. You may have seen her on the Today Show, listened to her podcast, read one of her five books. Maybe you're one of the hundreds of thousands of people who follow her on Instagram, or perhaps you're just meeting her today. Any which way, stick around because we are getting into all the things, building lean muscle mass in midlife, how menopause impacts our musculoskeletal system, active aging, how culture views aging and aging women in particular, plus Vonda's latest book. Welcome, Vonda. I am so thrilled to be back with you, and congratulations on almost three years of podcasts. I know. It's, it's incredible. And you were you're one of my early guests. I'm not kidding. I am <laughs> alternating my legs every morning and every night. I actually do it also when I'm um, making my coffee. It's just a simple hack that I've really pulled into my routine. I think of you when I do it, so I obviously think of you often. Every day. And it's so so much fun to have you back. And, um, you know, we first connected in 2020, which is, it's astonishing, you know, what was going on in the world then. Um, So much has changed. And one of the things that changed really has been this explosion of interest in midlife health and in menopause, menopause products and services, and not to mention just sort of the buzz around menopause in media and pop culture. It's finally on the radar where it firmly belongs, you know, thanks to a lot of celebrities like Oprah, Naomi Watts, Drew Barrymore talking about their own journeys, investing in menopause startups. We know from recording 150 shows and for all my listeners that menopause impacts all of our body systems. It's not just hat flashes. And I would love to explore with you the impact of menopause and aging, you know, on our muscular skeletal system. You know what? I love the opportunity you're giving me to talk about this because I'm raising my hand here in my office to join the 51% of all the population that will have ovaries that have done their job and are just retired. And, And with that, all the things that we commonly talk about that you just mentioned, but something that people are not aware of is that 80% of us will experience musculoskeletal symptoms of menopause and 25% of us will be devastated by them. And so those include things like arthralgia, which is total body and joint pain. And then many, many women will go to the doctor and they'll get all kinds of tests and there will be nothing structurally wrong. And so they leave the doctor's office still in pain, a little deflated, saying things to me and other people like, I am falling apart and it, what am I, just crazy. And so so a big message that I love saying nearly every day is, number one, you are not falling apart. Number two, you are not crazy. This musculoskeletal symptoms of menopause are real. 
We need a ton more science, but it includes not only arthralgia or total body, total joint aching, but it's the loss of our bone density rapidly. I mean, I can't say that fast enough rapidly when estrogen walks out the door, which leaves us susceptible to fracture and and low bone density and, os and frank osteoporosis is actually silent until you break something and then it's screaming at you and it's all you can do it is to think about it while you heal because it's so painful. So there's there's pain, there's bones, there's loss of lean muscle mass. We will lose, um, it's called, technically it's called sarcopenia, but after age 50, we can potentially lose 2% of our lean muscle mass a year if we don't do anything about it. So that's why you hear me talking about it a lot. A lot. You hear people like Stacey Sims talking about, we have to eat enough protein, we have to eat enough calories, and we have to get out there and move some uh, weights around to rebuild our muscle, which is critical for metabolism, for brain health, and for not falling down and breaking something terrible. But something that is perhaps most prevalent and yet not thought to be related to menopause, but totally is, is the rapid increase in arthritis, which is for those of you that are fortunate enough not to have it, arthritis is wearing down of the smoother than ice cap, if you will, on the end of our bone. Literally for those physics ladies out there, the coefficient of friction on on cartilage is, is uh, less friction than ice. So you can imagine how smooth it is. So that rapid, the structure of that cartilage will rapidly become less because just like every other organ system in our body, the musculoskeletal system, bones, tendon, ligament, cartilage, have estrogen, alpha, and beta receptors. And when estrogen is no longer available to sit in those receptors, on every tissue, particularly cartilage, all the downstream goodness that happens when estrogen receptors are full doesn't happen and our cartilage starts to degrade. And so before 50, men have more arthritis. After 50, women rapidly get more arthritis. So I know I've gone on and on, but all these things are little known in the menopause world. And so I'm there screaming from the top of my lungs, you're not crazy, you're not falling apart, it's your estrogen. I, first of all, thank you so much for, for saying you're not crazy, because that's something that everyone who's listening to this needs to know. And, and, and you know, oftentimes you can walk into certain doctor's offices, not yours, of course, yeah. and, and, and not feel heard. So, you know, whatever, whatever people's symptoms are, whether it be bladder leakage or pain, painful sex or pain in your joints, you know, work with a doctor who gets it. And we are so fortunate today to have somebody with us who does get it. So I love that you began with you're not crazy because that's that's the that's the most important starting point. So now Absolutely. that now that estrogen you know, is walking out the door because it's inevitable. It happens yeah. for women at different ages and stages, but it does all happen if you are born with ovaries. Um, when estrogen leaves, are there a way, is there a way of bringing it back to help our joints? Is it something that is the systemic estrogen? Can it be, you know, applied in other ways? Or if we're not using estrogen, you know, what are some other solutions that we might mm -hmm. pursue? So that is another great way for me to just go on and on. So you are so kind. But you know what? I, it is not just one thing. You know, we are 
when a person comes to meet me with shoulder pain and can't move their shoulder and and I and I diagnose them with the musculoskeletal, you have a frozen shoulder. I'm not just interested in their shoulder. And so the solutions to the musculoskeletal symptoms of menopause are just not one thing. So if you don't mind, I'm going to go down oh, my please. list of Do, really let's helpful do it. things. Let's do them all. Yeah. So number one, every woman needs to come to the crossroads of deciding is estrogen for them, hormone replacement therapy. I have no judgment for any woman who decides it is not, but there are so many arguments why it is beneficial for women, not to mention dementia, cardiovascular disease, but musculoskeletal health and prevention of the muscle loss and the bone. So if you need to know more people, uh, Katie's, Katie's show is a great way to find it, but also I want you to read the book that changed my life, literally. Uh, and I tell Tara Carol Tavris and Avram Blooming this all the time. It's Estrogen Matters. I wish I owned royalties on this book because <laughs> everybody I talk to about this, I'm writing it down for them to buy it. If you need to know the real data and get to the bottom, read Estrogen Matters. I listened to it on Audible, then I bought the book, then I underlined it. So number one. Number two, uh, I suggest you spend time on the menopause.org site. It is the website of the North American Menopause Society. Because here's the deal, people. If your kid had a problem, you would be searching high and low for the answers. You would leave no stone unturned. You would not take no for an answer. You'd be calling up your girlfriends, your doctors, your uh, girlfriend's doctors. You would not stop. But for so many women, uh, we just stop. And I want you to, to pursue this like, you know, you're on a hunt, number one. So that's get information. Decide whether hormone replacement therapy is for you or not. I have made the decision that for me, I am on estradiol and I am, and because I have my uterus, I take progesterone. And that's been remarkable. Vonda, I, I want to I hop in for a minute too and ask you a little bit about the, the type of systemic estrogen, but we are heading into a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to pick up this thought and then also talk about number three. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, would you use it to head to yoga, take a nap, read a book, hang with a friend, maybe start a podcast? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. I know I do. I have three kids, two jobs, one puppy, and to be honest, a zillion things on my want to get to list. Here's what I've learned. The best way to squeeze something special into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your busy schedule. Getting started is so easy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash a certain age today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash a certain age. 
Vonda, we're back from the break. We headed into it. You were sharing your own uh, experience with HRT. I wanted to sort of chime in for our listeners as well to say I'm using vaginal estrogen and I'm using a systemic estrogen that's applied via patch. Does it matter if you're taking like oral estrogen or can you do transdermal estrogen that through patches? And will this have the same impact? Is one better than the other? You know what? There are not enough studies comparing transdermal to oral how, uh, for the for the musculoskeletal system. However, like all the other menopause symptoms, estrogen is dosed by symptom relief, not by blood levels. So I so um, I recommend to my patients transdermal. That is because oral estrogen, which comes from the mare's uh, pregnant mare's urine, passes through the liver. Uh, when you ingest it and has a first pack for, for, I'm making air quotes, first <laughs> pass effect, which has the, can have a side effect for some women of increasing blood clot and some more systemic things. But thankfully, transdermal patches, which come in a variety of dosage and are easy to manipulate up and down because of that, um, do not have first pass effect and therefore do not cause increased clot risk. That's great. So, and I would say they're yeah. very easy to use as well. And I, oh, I, yeah. I did wind up having to switch doses and, um, you know, finally landed on one that really works for me. And, you know, the hardest thing about this is remembering to put it on. I mean, because it's that easy. It's, it's, I agree it's with you. you know, sometimes super I simple. To, I have to feel my belly to make sure I put it back <laughs> on. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm like, where is that thing? Where and, is that? Yeah. So, but good yeah. to know that transdermal estrogen can help with the, these, these symptoms. So you talked about one, HRT, if that's something that people want. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, uh, that also helps with the uh, inflammation. Do you know, an estrogen is an anti-inflammatory substance. And so when it walks out the door, we become more inflamed. Guess what the second evil inflammatory substance is? Is and it sugar? Hate is it oh sugar? Oh my gosh, Katie, sugar. <laughs> So well, I was yeah, I was saying it like nervously because I'm like, am I going to have to stop eating my chocolate peanut butter ice cream? <laughs> well, you know, we all make choices, right? That's but true. I, and, yes. Yeah. And so I say to my patients, well, you, you know what? Your pain is your pain. If you want it, you have it. But if you don't want it, stop eating sugar. Okay. So so uh, added sugar, white sugar, simple carbs uh, greatly in increase the inflammation in our body. And so I'm not anti-carb. I work out a lot. I need carbs, but what I need is fibrous carbs. And so does everybody listening. So that means that we do not drink orange juice. We eat the oranges. We do not drink apple juice. We eat the apples. If you're good, for instance, fruit is always a big bugaboo for people. So that's number two, get rid of the HRT decision, get rid of the sugar. Number three, we must build lean muscle mass. We must, at this age, there is great literature to show that we need to put down the mamby-pamby pink weights that we lift four sets of 15 and pick up heavier weights. Now, when I say lift heavy weights, people always write me back and say, well, what's heavy? Well, the good news is it's personal. So for instance, I'm going to give you my example. I can, I can do a biceps curl with 15 pounds all day today and all day tomorrow without stopping because that's just not heavy for me anymore. But 25 pounds, I can only do three to five times and I'm making funny noises and my face <laughs> is getting red, right? right? 
steam's coming so, out of your ears. That's right. <laughs> right. So heavy is is individual, but you want to lift what you can lift only three to five times for about four sets, because that is what's going to stimulate the laying down of new lean muscle. It's going to stimulate the the division of a miracle stem cell in your muscle called a satellite cell, which is one of the, you know, honestly, it's remarkably, it's one of the cells I stem cells I studied in my lab at University of Pittsburgh. And uh, we thought it was amazing then, but now we know it's amazing for for longevity, actually, and aging well. So we've got HRT, we've got get rid of sugar, we've got make and maintain our lean muscle mass. And then number four, it is really true. If we if we don't use if we don't move, we'll rust out. So I want women to move every day. Push away from the table, leave your dishes on the table, go for a 45-minute walk. It doesn't have to be all out gunning it so that it's you dread it. It's literally your body is designed to move. That's why we have our largest muscle mass below our belly button. So uh, we just need to move every day. And those four things, and you're thinking, oh, how am I going to fit it all in? Well, you deserve it. You, you're worth this time investment. Those things go a long way in helping deal with the musculoskeletal symptoms of menopause. Right. And, you know, and, and, you know, I think um, time is always an issue for, for, for modern women, right? There's, there's so mm -hmm. many demands on our time, yep. but it is probably a lot easier to spend the time preventing these things than managing them once they, you know, once age, you know, once decrepitude or pain and all of those things set in, because when I have people in my life, you know, my father right now is dealing with like a rotor, a, uh, he had a surgery for his rotor cuff. That's a very, he's got like a very long, multiple weeks uh, recovery yes. in front of him. So if yes. you're not managing your health now, you will be having to make time for it later. And so I feel like this is important. But what you, what you outlined feels very doable. I mean, people can make their personal choice about HRT, super easy. Mm -hmm. if, you, if, you're, easy. if you're a yes, very easy to do. Sugar, mm -hmm. you know, it's a little bit harder for people. You know, people have to make their own choices. But this building of the lean muscle mass, I love how you shared that when you're lifting your personal heaviest maximum weight, you only need a few slow reps to, to stimulate that, that satellite cell and, and get that... Um, muscle building and, and moving every day is, you know, fun. You could do it with your partner. You could do it with your kids. You could do it with a girlfriend. You know, I think, um, you know, a walking coffee date in the morning is like the new happy hour. You can, right. you, you know, you can find ways to, to include fitness into your life. Um, well, I'm going to add one more. Yes, and, please. And maybe you're going to tell me next time I see you, I'm coming to New York soon. So maybe I'll, you'll tell me then that I'm going to add, please, if you can, I want you to jump up and down in a standing position 20 times, because I need you to stimulate your bones with a little impact. And it only takes 20 jumps a day. So I'm not, you don't have to run up 20 staircases, literally jump in one place. And if that hurts your knees, if you can't do it, trampolines work. That's how NASA rebuilds bone and muscle in its astronauts. And then if you're really in pain and you can't do it, do it in a pool. But 
that 20 little jumps a day, maybe you're standing on one leg, you do, you do your teeth for a minute and then right next, right the next, <laughs> you jump up and down 20 times. You're like, okay, Vonda, enough of you in my life right my now. My husband's going to be like, this bathroom, morning bathroom routine is really <laughs> insane as I'm like jumping up and down on my one leg. You've got to record yourself I'm, doing that. I'm going to. This is going to become media. a real, this will be a real, Vonda. You're going to watch all of your tips in action. It'd be, Love I'm going to have to invest in some uh, better looking pajamas, but you know, this, <laughs> This is coming, people. You're going to see it. So I love it. But you make it seem very easy. You know, some, some of these, sometimes we think fitness is hard, you know, that we nope. need to be in a gym with very expensive equipment. But this notion of just sort of jumping up and down um, for 20 times, you know, in your own home is something that we can all incorporate. When, when you first were on the show, Vonda, you shared a statistic that absolutely blew me away. I looked at my notes again to prepare for this, and that you said 70% of Aging is really determined by choices, only 30% by genetics. Sometimes I think we think we're just dealt a hand that we're stuck with. You've outlined some choices we can make to build you know, lean, healthy muscle mass and, and keep our bones healthy. You just shared this very simple tip. What are some other um, choices that we can make uh, in terms of lifestyle and exercise that help us build these lean, healthy muscles? Well, you know, something that I do uh, nearly religiously now um, and I, you know, and I'm of an age where my little children are a little older and they don't need me constantly. Um, my 16-year-old would say she never needs me. She's that independent, right? So thank God I've done my job. She's very independent. But I protect my sleep, Katie. So, you know, I'm a, I was a surgical resident I at the time when there was no work hour restriction. So I know for a fact that I can slog through 136 hours a week. I don't recommend it. Because not only will that impact my longevity, but it impacts everything. So imagine if you're skimping on your sleep, you're getting one more thing done, you go, you know, you're just gonna, you're just gonna be the responsible worker and you stay up till 2 a.m., you're up at seven to do whatever, you're not gonna have the energy to take care of yourself. Not only is not sleeping not taking care of yourself, you're not gonna have the energy to do these walking, these weightlifting later in the day. So I protect my sleep religiously. So, and I work with my menopausal body, right? So I started waking up around 327. I don't know what it is about that time in the morning, but I, my brain- right there with you. It's the same 327. time. So the last week or so, you know, I'll try to go back to sleep, but the last week or so I'm like, okay, all right, you want to be up working? I'm a morning person anyway. I get up at 327. I am getting so much work done in the still of the night in my house because no one else in their right mind is up, right? <laughs> I get two or three hours of work done. But then, Katie, it does not mean that I stay up until 10 or 11 when everybody else is going to bed. I honor my commitment to sleep. I'm in bed by eight, right? So honor your sleep. You cannot rejuvenate without it. Um, it's that important. And you know, and if your body's doing what mine is, is three, 327 is when I erupt from some kind of REM or something's happening, I just get up. Yeah, I think I've had sleep experts who are who are on the show too that that say this sort of this notion of eight hours of sleep and sleeping during certain times, you know, it doesn't doesn't work for everybody and that there's different um, sort of sleep cycles that people have as long as you're getting yourself into the bed to get, you know, the, the sleep that you need. And I love that you shared for again, we talked about this busy, busy modern world that we live in where everyone's constantly hustling. Um, really prioritizing rest is something that feels so um, 
you know, it's 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 challenging, but it's something that we need to do, and we and we need to make time for that. Uh, Vonda, I want to ask you something. You know, I've been seeing a lot of stuff, a lot of buzz around biological versus chronical age. You know. We, you, you are an expert in active aging. We know that aging is a natural, inevitable part of being human. This show is pro-aging, right? Aging is living. Yep. We're not afraid of living. Um, but there's a lot of buzz around, uh, you know, biological versus chronological age. You know, the age yes. that you have in years versus your cellular age. Because even though we're pro-aging, we're also pro-health. We want to extend our lifespan. We want to take tap, you know, steps to make sure that we are um, free of aging-related diseases. Where do you land on this notion of biological versus chronological age? Is it accurate? Is it is the buzz correct? Well, I love the concept of it because if we start with chronologic age, um, I sometimes post with my finger wagging at people, don't tell me who I'm supposed to be at 57, I'll tell you. Because to me, I don't really know in the modern area what that many birthday candles means. What I know it means to me because I work at it is that I can I can still travel, I can do anything I want, I'm not limited physically, thank God, right? So chrono chronologically is just on my driver's license. Biologically uh, can be measured. It can be a feeling, right? When people says, oh, I feel 36, blah, blah, blah. Or someone says, oh, you act so youthful. That's one way to th think about biologic age. You're not defined by birthday candles that can break that can burn down the kitchen. But <laughs> I know, but there are several research-backed ways. The science is not perfect, but you've got this way to measure biologic age called glycan age. It's actually a company. And what they measure is your total inflammation against uh, what they perceive is as, as chronologic age. So are you less inflamed than an old person or young or, or more inflamed someone your age? And because inflammation is one of the primary drivers of aging. So there's that, or there's something called the Horvath clock. But so there are lots of tools out there that will tell you, oh, Vonda, you're chronologically 57, but you are biologically 40. And that makes us feel really good. So the science is plus minus, but it is a way to take into account, are you functioning like a younger person? But the fact is maybe I'm functioning at 40, you know, my biological age is saying 40, maybe I am modern biological 57. Who knows? There's no definitions, right? So chronologically is the date on your birth certificate. Biologically is the how your cells are inflamed, how many stem cells you have, your telomere length, a variety of factors. But I want to introduce another idea to you. Please which is the rate of aging. Ooh, okay. Are you aging faster or slower? And so there, there is one measure of that, um, which says you want your rate of aging to be slower, not faster. So for instance, you may be- Rate, of, rate of aging compared to what, Vonda? To just like the general population or for your- Yeah, okay, to, to, to a- uh, baseline, hundreds of thousands of baseline people, are you faster, or slower? And it gets down to a real cellular level and the people that do it. But if you send your blood to them, they will say, oh, you are aging slower than everybody else. So the way it's just interesting to play with is, okay, chronologically, choose a number. I'm 57. It's on my birth certificate. Biologically, I'm doing great. I'm doing all the lifestyle stuff. My cells are healthy. My telomeres are long. 
you're 40. But what is your rate of aging? Are you re-aging slower because you've got this steady habit of healthy lifestyle? Or are you aging faster because uh, you've taken up smoking, you've stopped exercising, you've let the stress overwhelm you, and now you're aging faster? Do you see what I mean? So there's actually three things to think about. But here's, I know it's very, it's very... I think it's absolutely fascinating. And, you know, it's, 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 it's sort of also, you know, I mean, one of the sort of the bedrock of this question is like, what is age anyhow? Like, and how do we yeah. look at it? Like, you know, to to have um, like biological, you know, youth is that, I mean, I guess, it, yes, we don't want to be uh, encountering, you know, d- uh, age-related diseases and things that occur later in life. But it still kind of puts being youthful as a as an as sort of an as optimal state mm, which is you know right. and you and I, I don't are, know about that and we, we I, I don't know about that either right which is why I want to ask you you shared something on your Instagram that I loved to caught my eye it was this whole notion of aging gracefully which you know on its mm. surface sounds like that's positive you know we want to be graceful yeah. what's wrong with aging Straight gracefully up. but it really you know, at the, at the very core is something that is less, um, you know, it's something that's a little bit corrosive about this notion. And I'd, I'd love for you to share with our listeners, you know, what you shared on your Instagram post. Yeah. What is your take on this notion of aging gracefully? Well, I interpret, I, and that was spurred by something popped up on my social media, or maybe somebody directed at me like, what are you telling all these women to do this stuff for? Let them age gracefully. And maybe that's what it was. It got me a little wound up. I don't know what that means aging gracefully, because let me tell you about my youth, right? Why? My response was to what does it even mean to age gracefully? Uh, Because I was never graceful in my youth. I was adventurous. I took risks. I did things I wasn't supposed to do. I went back to medical school at 28. I I had a marriage that wasn't successful and I uh, learned to love again and took the risk on that. I, when I remarried, I, uh, I was gifted five stepchildren who I helped to raise. I mean, all of those things. And then I had a baby at 40. How about that? Right. All of those things in my, you're aging quote, like a badass, Vonda. Well, and that's <laughs> what I graceful. mean. Why it's would like... I, why would I suddenly sit back and say, Oh, now I'm going to be, now, now I want to be graceful. Be somebody I never was. So, you know what, for me, and maybe this is you. I think I know you well enough to know that I don't like to be told what to do. And I don't like to have limitations. So don't tell me what I can and can't do at a certain age. I'll show you that at 56, I entered my first Spartan stadium race. And I didn't know that I could or could not get over a 30-foot wall or that I couldn't or could not climb a rope. I just knew I was going to show up. And there's nothing graceful about, you know, heave hoeing over a wall and carrying a bucket of cement. But if I want to do it, I want to do it. You know? It's that notion of just, you know, you think I can't? Watch me. Watch me do the things you think I can't. So this is such a great segue. Tell me about these Spartan women races. I have watched a little bit of your <laughs> clips online. And I've also seen you since we first connected three years ago. And we've, we've gotten to have, like, meals together in New York, which has been such a treat. I have seen you lifting all of these weights. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got started. For anyone who's sitting here thinking, 
I want to lift heavy things. I want to be, you know, build the lean muscle ass mass. I'm ready to be a badass. You know, how did you get started? What do you recommend? Um, so first deciding how you want to live, right? There's a concept of health span versus lifespan. The average lifespan in this country for women is between 81 and 84. If you live in Japan, it's 85. But the health span, that time of life when you are not going to the doctor three days a week for your relative, for all of your diseases that you carry is only 60, Katie. Wow. So the question is, what do you want to do in those 20 years? And frankly, I got to live to 97 so that I, so that I can bug the heck out of my 16 year old until she's <laughs> my age. Right. So how do I get there? It doesn't happen overnight. So in the original books that I wrote, Guide to Thrive, which I love, and I've given away on my social media, people can still download the PDF, and Fitness After 40, it really was all body weight. It was uh, taking you from couch to 5K usually. It's a great way to start. So when I decided uh, that I needed to lose my 30 pounds of menopause weight because I had a closet full of adorable clothes that I was going to have to size up on and I didn't want to, and I couldn't afford to, right? And I didn't like uh, the fat that was in places I'd never had it. What I did was make this decision to do the things that I told you guys about before. I started on HRT, I eliminated sugar. And when I wanted to go to the gym, I had not lifted heavy since I was in high school. I did lift heavy in high school and I was intimidated. So I got a strength and conditioning coach, not a personal trainer who was going to hand me a Mamby Pamby pink weight. But I said to him, listen, this is my goal. Here's the research. Uh, here's what Stacey Sims says we should do. And so we started powerlifting and I started powerlifting, meaning squats and deadlifts and bench press and pull-ups with really just, you know, embarrassingly light weights but then every week <laughs> i'm impressed you, you might you might be embarrassed but this is like amazing you you know it was hard and, and you got going and you started so but you, you know what the key is katie it's consistency it's showing up for yourself every day so i make appointments like 5 p.m my staff is still here working i've got my gym clothes on going out to because i've committed to lifting or or doing my zone two every day at five so I'll finish the work when I'm done, but I am committed and it's the consistency that works. So if you're going to do one thing, uh, you're going to just start, you're going to let go of the sugar spoon. You're going to take a walk after dinner and you're going to find a way to start lifting heavy. That's a great way to start, but that's how I did just a little at a time. But you know, over the, I didn't lose weight rapidly, just about a pound or a half a pound a week. Um, so it's not rapid, but I gained so much muscle and I, and it's not about losing pounds on the scale, but the leanness that comes from building muscle because it increases your metabolic rate, just because it, it, your basal metabolic rate, it takes more calories a day to, to support muscle than fat. I mean, it's miraculous. And you know what the other thing it did, Katie, is it gave me the confidence to continue in my badassery. I see that. I see that on your Instagram. I've watched your, um, you know, sort of transformation and, and just sort of your embracing of all these other types of fitness activities that you're doing. I love that you share that you just start, you know, start small. 
Um, it's that old expression, you know how to eat an elephant, right? You know, one bite, oh. at, one bite at a time, <laughs> right? Like right. if you're going to get that elephant eaten, you got to just want, you know, it's one step. That's how we climb yeah. on Everest, one step, one foot in front of the other. And I, I honestly think, and this is a good reminder for me, sometimes we forget that we, you know, it's the slow and steady that wins the race because we get really excited about wanting change and um, we don't often put in the small incremental baby steps that make things make things happen. Fonda, we're nearing the end of our time, but before we switch gears and head into our speed round, I want to hear about your latest book because I've read um, Fitness After 40 and um, I know you have uh, several others. I would love for you to share with our listeners what's coming. Uh, Thank you so much. So um, yes, you have Fitness After 40 and the book that followed that was called Guide to Thrive, which is really a strategic plan for your health, but it was written 10 years ago and therefore, I'm giving it away as a PDF on my uh, on my Instagram. So go get it if you want it. It's free now. But it was all based on body weight, functional, on the ground. And that is still an amazing way to get started. But the sequel to that, which is called Strong and Courageous, uh, the um, We Are Not Victims Approach to Guide to Thrive in, um, in Midlife, menopause and mobility um, talks about my new approach now. Uh, All the things we talked about today, my nutritionist and I are are making 30 anti-inflammatory recipes, which I'm going to cook for you and release as videos just to accompany the book. But it really is a how-to to to do modern midlife and menopause. And I just, I found by writing books over the years that sometimes we just need a day-by-day plan. There's too much information. We're a little overwhelmed. There's a lot of science. People are writing science books all over the place, but my books are really like having a conversation. Here's what you do today. Here's what you do tomorrow. I'm going to hug you along the way. And I called it Strong and Courageous because I firmly believe that we have lived long enough we have had enough experiences. We have figured stuff out that we should not be shirking into the future, but pivoting to face it boldly, strong and courageous. And it's an attitude, really, and mindset that undergirds this whole approach. Yeah, it's such a it's such a beautiful approach. And do and do you feel that getting to midlife is what has given you this this um, sort of new mindset? Could you have written this book? I know I know you wrote a version of it ten years ago, but. What you're bringing to the table now, what way has your own aging journey impacted that the sort of the spirit and the 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 lens that you're bringing to this particular book? You know, sometimes I say that when I was 40, uh, right before I had my daughter, I was in the best shape of my life. I was the lowest body fat. I was the leanest. I was the strongest. I was, you know, I could all the things. My brain was amazing. But this is my best self because I've gotten myself nearly back to that physical shape. But what the 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 knowing myself, the confidence, the I have figured out the last 17 years, nothing can replace the wisdom that comes with experience and the price of experience, girlfriends, is aging. And it can be amazing. I love it. This is exactly why you're back on the show, Vonda. Not only are you an encyclopedia of knowledge about active aging, I mean, Vonda's done fascinating research. 
uh, on uh, master athletes. You know, she's an incredibly uh, well-renowned orthopedic surgeon. She's an incredible author. But you're here because I, I really admire and connect to your just the spirit that you bring to this this uh, time of our, our lives. And I'm so, so happy the podcast has connected us. Um, but we are moving into our speed round. And okay. we're going to just end with this is kind of like a high energy one to two word answers. Um, so we can um, you know share a little bit more of you before we have to say goodbye. Okay, so, I feel like I'm in a race now. Well, you're good at that, right? <laughs> this is like this is going to be a lot easier than jumping over a 30 foot foot wall. I can guarantee that. Okay, okay. your favorite weight in the gym? Uh, I like deadlifts. Deadlifts. Okay, favorite weight or exercise tool to use at home? Oh. Uh, you know, the, the only thing that I use at home is my staircase like a hundred times because I can't remember it. <laughs> nice. We all, well, most of us, I, 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 maybe we all don't, but most of us have staircases. So that's yeah. a, that's a yeah. great, easy, cheap, free. Uh, my mom lives on the 19th floor of an apartment building in New York City, by the way. And uh, when the weather's bad, like she, you know, up and down those stairs. So we, wow. we, can, we can work out anywhere. Um, all right. This muscle building grocery is always in my grocery cart. Oh, chicken breasts. Nice. This food is an underrated muscle building superhero. Well, it's not romantic, but I I do drink protein powder shakes. All right. That works. That works. (laughs) Uh, Consider adding this supplement or vitamin to your diet for bone health. Oh, magnesium. Every night. Nice. Magnesium gluconate. Yep. Love it. Favorite exercise or activity for stress busting? Uh, you know what? Uh, after a good warm up, sprinting is great for stress stress busting. And everybody's sprint is different. Ooh. Right? Yeah. My sprint looks like a crawl, but it's my sprint. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite lifestyle uh, hack or activity for relaxation and calm? Oh, don't hate me, Katie. I just like to curl up in the corner of this giant couch we have, and I just cover myself in little pillows. So curling up in the corner <laughs> of a giant couch. I mean, Why would I hate that? That sounds delightful. Doesn't it? But you know what? It's like, oh, she's out deadlifting. And then I go home and I no, curl up in the corner we have of to like, couch. it's the yin and the yang. You know, I <laughs> yeah. sometimes, I mean, I literally sometimes lay down in a, like a patch of sunlight coming through the window. <gasps> Like so I'm a nice. cat, you know, for like yes. five minutes just to reset. It's like feels amazing. Um, but, and you know what? Dave's going to Dave's going to please edit this. But I did <laughs> not learn to curl up in the corner of my couch until I took a seven month sabbatical during COVID. Nice. Like, yeah. I did not work for seven months. Uh, That's important, I knew, too. I never knew how. You know what? We just talked about the importance of rest. I think I'm going to do a show on rest. This is a great idea. Like I I need to find an expert on rest because there there really is that that is such an underrated tool. Women don't practice it enough and modern life makes it hard. So that's thank you for that wonderful idea. I love it. Um, You mentioned a name earlier um, of somebody whose fitness routines that you admire. Could you share that name again? And also, is there another fitness or workout role model we should have on our radar? You know, I love the science of Dr. Stacy Sims. She um, is not making it up. She is re- doing the original research herself and cataloging other people's research. 
on the smart way for midlife women to work out. Phenomenal. Okay, finally, your one word answer to complete the sentence. As I age, I feel. Amazing. I love it. I feel amazing too. Wanda, thank you so much. Before we say goodbye, how can our listeners find you, your books, and all of your inspiring content? So your listeners should go to Instagram and find me at my name, at Dr. Vonda Wright, Dr. Vonda Wright. And then if you go to my links, there's all kinds of other resources, including my website, which is also Dr. Vonda Wright and blogs. It's all there. Plus, if you Google me, I'm around. But uh, the books are there. But Dr. Dr. Vonda Wright. Fabulous. I'm putting all of that into the show notes. This was such a treat. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women who are aging without apology. Did you learn something on this week's show? Do you feel more inspired, smarter, motivated? If the answer is yes, yes, I have new tools for thriving in midlife. I would love it if you could take five minutes to write an Apple podcast review. These reviews really matter and they help other women find the show. Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.